welcome to the Hearers and Doers podcast. I'm Becky Kaiser, and I'll be the host for this show. Do you need a space where you can show up just as you are? This is your place. Dry shampoo, crying kids, messy house, and barking dogs are all welcome here. Do you need a cheerleader who sees all your amazing potential and unique ways God's called and created you? Done, I'm signing up as captain. I'm a certified life coach and Bible teacher with decades of experience who isn't afraid to tell you the truth you need to hear. Some weeks I'll be sharing practical and encouraging and sometimes correcting shows, and other weeks I'll be introducing you to new and old friends. You ready? Let's go, my friend. Hey friends, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. It was actually recorded almost a year ago, not quite a year ago, um, because I thought as I shared in an earlier episode that I was going to be launching this podcast last January, February. Um, And this is one of the episodes that I had recorded before I had launched. And it's a video that Lauren Chandler and I did for last year's online women's retreat. But before we recorded it, I had chatted with her and told her that I'd really like to use this on the podcast when it launched as well. And she had agreed to that um, because I wanted to be able to share what we talked about with as many of you as possible. Um, So I hope you enjoy this episode. Listen, I know that there are many of you who listen to this podcast who aren't moms. And our conversation is primarily centered around um, the focus on it was for a parenting session in online women's retreat it was specifically geared towards moms but let me tell you something there is so much that we talk about in this episode that is relevant just to us as women because so much of the things that would help us as moms is really more just dealing with what will help us as humans so um i hope that you enjoy this i hope you're encouraged by this and be sure when i share about this on social media or when you're listening to it tag your friends who are moms especially so that they can be encouraged and challenged by this and be sure to go give lauren a follow on instagram you can find her at at lauren chandler on instagram hope you enjoy this episode all right, ladies, welcome to Online Women's Retreat. We have a really, really exciting interview right now, and it is on parenting. So if you're watching this, you are likely a mom. And let me just tell you, while I'm going to have Lauren introduce herself in just a second, I have to tell you a big disclaimer. And that is that Lauren and I would both tell you, we are probably the last people, maybe not the last people, but we are definitely not the people you would first consider to do a session on parenting In fact, when I reached out to Lauren to pitch this idea, it was not crickets, but it was like, I don't know if I'm the person for that. And I said, that's how I know, Lauren, that you are the right person for this, because I've gotten to watch Lauren from a distance on social media and how she handles um, raising her children very open handedly before God, um, letting each of them uniquely express themselves um, and why she still faithfully pursues God in her own life. So That's why I asked Lauren, we're both going to do our very best to be as vulnerable and honest with you while also still honoring our husbands and our kids' stories, because these stories are not ours to share. They also are our kids, but we will do our very best to um, be as vulnerable as we can with y'all in this conversation. But before we get started, Lauren, thank you for saying yes to this. Hey, Becky. Thanks for having me. Yes. Why don't you introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know you a little bit about your life? Okay. Lauren Chandler, and I've been married to Matt for 22, almost and a half years. Wow. <laughs> and I know, well, I was 19 when we got married. So <laughs> I know it's crazy. I'm like, I've been married to him more than half my life, which is wow. wild. Yes. Um, but he, he is older. I tell everyone that, you know, he's much older. He's like five years older than I am. So don't lump me with his age. That's what I say. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with 40, how old is he? 46, uh, 47. Anyway, um, we've got three kids. Uh, our oldest is 18. She's actually about to turn 19. Um, she is almost done with high school. She's kind of the kid that doesn't really love school. And so, but she is really passionate and strong and, uh, has a, um, a gift with horses. 
So mm-hmm. she's got horses somehow in her future and I'm praying for that, but, um, she is a delight and I love her. And then we've got a 16 year old son who just started driving. Wow. And, uh, he is, I, I love him. He, it's funny. He just got his, um, driver's license and we made the, uh, remark that our oldest, she got her driver's license so she could leave the house and go do things. <laughs> And he got a driver's license so he could come home whenever he wanted to. <laughs> he's my homebody. Um, he's football and guitar and he's a deep thinker. He's real sensitive. I love him. He's great. And then Nora, our youngest. So that's Audrey Reed. Nora is 12. And she is the one that's up for anything. Real fun. Um, bubbly. Uh but also really competitive. Like she's just started playing basketball and it's been really fun to see that fire (laughs) for competition, like start up in her. And so she's been real fun. And so Matt's the pastor of a church in uh, Flower Mound, Texas, which is in the Dallas area. And we've been there for uh, 19 years. Wow. I was pregnant with our oldest, Audrey, when we got to the church. So we know how long we've been at the village by how old she is. And yeah, and, uh, I'm also a worship leader. I've written a book and also write Bible studies and speak and teach some. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I love anything to do with nature and outside and working in the yard. Um, and yeah, that's, that's me. And if you want to see Lauren's beautiful nature pictures and look for you can follow her on Instagram. It's like every time she you post a new picture, I'm like, oh, I want to be there too. Thank it's so you. pretty. I, I try to find beauty wherever it's even possible. Yeah, you <laughs> so. do, you do. Um, and ladies, just so you know too, we'll link down below in the section right underneath this video for all the links to Lauren's stuff. So if you want to buy her book and Bible study, listen to her music, any of that stuff, all will be right down below. Okay, Lauren, let's get into some of the questions. The very yeah. first one is, I feel like I hear a lot in church culture that um, motherhood is our highest calling or it's our most important ministry. And I have to tell you recently or not recently in the past year, I've been struggling and wrestling through this of um, just that seeing validity for that big of a statement in the Bible, but that we are forgetting as mothers that our highest calling isn't really to our children, but our highest calling is to Jesus. So the question I have for you is one, what are your thoughts towards that? But also how have you protected through various seasons of motherhood, your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's great insight, Becky. And I think, um, I think what we can do is we can over identify with our calling as a mother and we can kind of forget, oh, wait, God made me as an individual, as a person. And in particular, if we're in Christ, which I'm assuming most who are listening to this are, we are adopted is his child. And like the core of our identity is that we're his. Mm -hmm. And it's out of that, that overflows these different, you know, roles that we have in our lives or or hats, you know, that God Mm -hmm. has us wear in the motherhood hat. It stays on for a lifetime, (laughs) but but it's not, like you said, it's not our highest calling. Our highest calling is to be, uh, daughters of, of the King who, uh, submit to his, his rule and his reign mm-hmm. and who, um, who carry out his commands on the earth to yeah. be salt and light and, yeah. uh, to abide in Christ and to bear much fruit. Like that is our calling. Now where that happens, if we're moms, it's going to happen in our kids' right. life, but yeah. that's not the only place that that happens. It yeah. should pour out into, um, our home, our neighborhood, mm-hmm. our communities. Um, I think even if we have certain passions or desires or talents or heart, um, like that, wherever that finds its way out, um, then that pours out that way. So right. like if you, if you work outside the home, because you, maybe you have to, maybe you need to financially, but maybe you want to, because there's something in you that's like, I need to do this. Like, I want to do this. Now you always have to, I would say, um, temper that with, okay, 
is this, am I holding this open handedly? Yes. I desire this. And I want this. Um, Is this the right time? Does the Lord have this for me right now? And I think that's between you and the Lord and you and your husband and all that. Um, but so the same thing goes for, for mothering that you've got to be coming from that calling as a child of God and that overflowing into your home, onto your kids. Um, Yeah. So I, it's, I think what can happen is we can think, okay, I'm, uh, my highest calling is to be a mother. Yeah. And, and then, so what happens when the kids leave? And yeah. then I and think what can end up happening unintentionally is you, you don't have a life of your own. It's all yeah. attached to your kids and then they right. leave and then they start having their own lives and then you don't know what to do. And, um, it's hard enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm having, I have a daughter who's one foot out of the house and she's just not around a lot as much. And it's like, I tell myself, okay, if she was at college, I would never see her. (laughs) So the fact that I do get to see her, you know, is a blessing, but even where I've tried hard not to tie my identity so tightly to being a mother, I'm struggling like, okay, I've got to remember she is her own person and she has her own life. And, um, I, motherhood's kind of changed there and I need to be okay with that or I'm going to be overbearing and exhausting to her, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I think that's just super important to realize, um, that one, that your identity cannot be, because I think calling can be, um, sometimes so closely tied to identity that we have a hard time, uh, differentiating between the two. And so I think knowing that you're a child of God, but then also knowing you've got callings in your home, but other places in your life. And are you being, um, an an obedient child of God in those spaces? Oh, that's really good. And that just made me think too, I know you and Rachel Joy have that identity coursework. So we're going to, let's link to that down in the below too, where they have this whole course on identifying your identity. And so I'm to that too, if that's something you really need to work through. I hear a lot of moms say to each other, especially with those moms with super young kids, I'm sure you, even though it was a while ago, you could still remember we were all home all the time. And I hear moms often say to one another, just give yourself grace in this season. And I try to push back on that because I think we give ourselves grace to the point of letting ourselves off the hook when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. Um, just do five minutes here, just do 10 minutes here. Not that it's about time or just once a week or whatever. And we, we associate that with how much time we do. And we just try to like, it's almost like when you were, maybe not you, when I was like in junior high and high school, like how far is too far? Like what's my approved gray area. And sometimes I feel like we do this with our relationship with the Lord of like, how little do I have to do? And it still is enough. Um, so I try to often say, give yourself grace, but not too much grace. And right. that we give ourselves grace in the same way Jesus would. So like, give yourself grace when you've not spent time with him, when you right. um, put your identity in your children and not in him, but don't give yourself so much grace, too much grace that you don't make the effort to do that. Right. So in seasons when it was challenging, whether kids were little or, and when other things have affected your life, how did you make your time with the Lord a priority? Um, and what are maybe some things you did to increase your relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. or go closer to him. I think one of the best things I did and I look, looking back, I don't know if I knew it in the midst of it, looking back, I see it and I'm like, praise God for this group of women. I have almost weekly, um, it, during the school year, at least we would meet a little bit during the summer. I would gather with about 10 women. I didn't lead it another woman who's a little bit older than we all were. And, you know, we started off doing a Bethmore Bible study and we did a few of those and, um, you know, it would just kind of change. Our leader would kind of, she would just gauge where we all were. Cause some of us yeah. would have newborns and some of yeah. us would have toddlers and that we were all doing it together. And we were, we shared very vulnerably. We prayed for one, one another. We were in community with one another and that, um, we had accountability and that pushed me towards Jesus. And so, um, I I didn't feel like I had to be perfect or put on any kind of airs. I, I felt like I could come honestly with where I was and be, um, met with grace and mercy, but also gently pushed. 
Yeah. You know? And so, um, that was one of the, the best things. And so we, we would study the Bible, but it was mainly about the relationships and how to, um, show each other the love of God, um, by being merciful, gracious, and speaking the truth in love. Okay. And, and so I think that was the most formative for me. Okay. Um, but also, you know, just doing a Bible study and, um, sometimes usually within sometimes on my own, I needed some kind of structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, um, yeah, reading through the Bible, um, which I will tell you, I didn't, I hadn't done until about a year ago. I'd, I'd started reading through it. I'd read through the entire Bible, but I'd right. never done the, you know, daily yeah. reading yeah. sort of thing. And I, you know, probably took me about a year and a half to get through a year, yeah. get through the Bible. No, giving yourself grace on a timeline. Yes. You know, I'm like, but I'm doing it. And the yeah. point is where there, well, are there days that I show up to the, the word of God? And I'm like, okay, Lord speak to me. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to be faithful. I don't know how this, this doesn't apply right now, but I'm tucking it away and I'm seeing your character in this. And I, I am so grateful for your word. Um, you know, and, and then other days it's like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need to hear. So being faithful to show up to that, Um, and so I think that's helpful is having like people daily Bible reading, journaling when you can journaling help, like writing out your prayers to about someone else, um, you know, on behalf of someone else or, you know, to the Lord or just Mm -hmm. putting your heart on paper, there's something good that happens in that Mm -hmm. practice. Um, you know, um, so those would be some things thinking way back (laughs) to when my kids were little, but I really think women who are, who love Jesus, love Mm -hmm. his word, love the church, love you who are all in, um, getting to like practice the one another's and all that was the most formative thing I did. Um, I didn't do any of that perfectly. Like you said, grace on myself when I didn't do it, but also it was the kind of grace that invited me back into those practices, yes. back yes. into communion with him. I can remember many times I would be, I can, I like, I see it like a movie in my head right now where it was when we were at our other home and our kids' bedrooms were upstairs. It was the middle of the night. And uh, like, it was like when Nora first finally started sleeping through the night, Reed, our four-year-old kept waking up in the middle of the night. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm never going to sleep again. Yes. And it was in those moments where maybe I probably be, I, I wouldn't beat myself up, but maybe I hadn't been consistent in, in yeah. God's word or hadn't been consistent in just talking to him throughout yeah. the day and considering him. Right. Um, I would, uh, I just remember walking back down the stairs, just in the quiet of the house in the dark. And I would just be like, God, I just miss you. I miss mm-hmm. you. That's good. And it felt like an, a sweet invitation from the Lord to, to come back, you know, and to like sit with him. And, uh, I think you're right, Becky, in that like, yes, give ourselves grace that they're going to be times when it's just hard and, yeah. Like maybe it is just, we sit in our chair and we just say a a simple prayer of God, I can't do this. I need you, or I don't feel you close. Would you just show me that you're close? Whatever it is, it can be those moments, but I mean, just like your relationship with your husband or your good friend, if you don't ever spend time with them, if you don't ever, um, have good conversations with them, then you can't you can't uh, expect that relationship to grow and thrive, you know? So I think the same thing's true. And so moving it from, Oh, crud, I didn't do it. Like, um, you know, I can't check that off now or I failed. It's okay. You get an opportunity. This like, you're not rejected for that. Uh, it's not like three strikes you're out. Like he's still there. And sometimes it could be just that God, I just miss you. That's an invitation back uh, into, um, that time with him and, um, yeah, communion with him. 
That's good. That's good. So ladies, one of the things I heard that I really want to make sure you hear is the importance of finding other people, whether that's at your local church, which if you are able to be a part of a local church, which is most of you, it is so important that you find that, that you find people. That's the easiest way to find good godly friends. Not that you can't find awesome people who love Jesus that aren't at your church, but if you're aching for community. And I think most people, as we are kind of stepping back into a new normal post during COVID, (laughs) uh, that you, you find that, that maybe you've stepped away from a local church body And it's time for you to put that discipline back in practice again, that even though we're an online ministry, we're very pro local church. It's so important. You have a group of people who love Jesus and follow his word together. And so find that and you'll likely find a good source of accountability for that. And just making time where you can giving yourself grace, but not too much grace in that. Well, I think that's a nice transition of where we move from, all right, it's not all about the kids and them loving Jesus, where we're doing this cycle of raising robots who who are robots that raising more robots to follow Jesus. Instead, we're following Jesus, but at the same time as us following Jesus, we do want to teach our kids how to follow Jesus. What are some things y'all have done that have been that you're like, these were wins of discipling our kids to know, love, and follow Jesus? Yeah. I would say first and foremost, you having a thriving relationship with the Lord. Um, I think Matt and I, we sit at our island, kitchen island and have, we read the Bible, we journal in the mornings. And so when they wake up, our Bibles are out, they can tell, okay, they've, okay, they are, they've got a habit of meeting with the Lord. I see them doing it. Um, it's not just something they're, they're saying from a stage or they're telling yeah. other people to do. They're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, we've gone through and it's been very seasonal. Um, we've done family devotions that have been really neat. Um, Matt's gone through stuff with Reed. I've gone step through uh, things with the girls. And I think it takes knowing your kid to yeah. what's going to work because they're, I started to meet with one of my kids, you know, at Chick-fil-A and I could tell it it just was not working, you know? And so, um, real, like meeting them where they are according to what their personalities are, how they learn, how they receive feedback. Um, and, uh, and, and just, um, recalibrating that, if that makes sense. So with my youngest, I've said, Hey, um, let's memorize Psalm 23 together. And so on the way to school, we would, uh, I made like a little song that would help her memorize some of it or, um, just, uh, inserting scripture and what I read that day for myself into conversations later in the day. Um, so a lot of our discipleship of our kids has been more taking advantage of opportune moments instead of, okay, we're going to, you know, every Thursday night we're meeting together to have family devos. And I know some people do that. And I love that. I'm like, Oh, I want to do, I wish we could do that, but it's just with our schedules and, um, the kids schedules, it's really hard to be consistent with that. So what we try to do is make the most of the time that we have with them. And, um, yeah, so that's what we do. And so that's why I had prefaced this with, I am not an expert and there, (laughs) there are people that I, I, here's what I would encourage, uh, you ladies, um, that are listening, um, God's gifted you certain ways. And so some of you might be really good at consistency and love like thinking, oh my gosh, I would love to just set out a plan where we do this devotional, you know, or we work through this, you know, every Monday night or whatever it is. And I say, go for it. And, and, um, you know, be flexible with how your kids respond to it, but go for it. And if you're a mom, that's like, oh my gosh, that sounds super overwhelming (laughs) to try to do something like that, then, um, get creative. What do you enjoy doing? Um, how would you want to just help your kids and loving Jesus and talking about God or, um, depending on their age theology, you know, um, it it might be a little bit more casual, but intentional, you know, um, and, and too, I think there's just nothing 
more that you could do for your kids to help them in their relationship with Jesus than Mm. praying for them, than Mm. just flat out praying. And it doesn't have to be, you know, some eloquent prayer, but just, you know, you're driving to pick them up from school or whatever it might be. And you just say, Lord, um, you know, bless such and such, um, cultivate uh, a heart that loves you in them and, you know, putting them before him. Cause yeah. really we can do all this stuff around them that only he can change their heart. Yeah. So, um, you know, so ours, it's been seasonal, it's been inconsistent, yeah. but we have tried, I, I have tried to just be intentional yeah. and, um, if anything, I, what happens is I have to really watch myself and not make it all always about Jesus. <laughs> I know, like, I don't want to over-spiritualize things, yeah, you know? That's good. And so that's, that's something that I've got to work out, um, yeah. with Matt, and yeah. with, with the Lord. Like I want, you know, just shut my mouth sometimes when I just need to shut it. I should yes. listen. Like what you were saying of, I think like when you talk about like prayer being the most important thing is I feel like as moms, we want the best for our kids. Like it's the best thing in us, right? The mama bear. It's like, we want the best thing for them so badly that sometimes we can control it even to the point of like wanting to control their relationship with Jesus. Like we know certain things. We want them to follow him at an early age. We want them to all this thing. And so I love that you're it greatest advice is pray because what that is doing is saying, um, I'm acknowledging God that I can't, and it takes the burden off of us too. Like, I know when I talk to older moms, I'm sure we've all experienced this is older moms whose children aren't following Jesus or a situation like that, or who have made some really poor life choices of when it's no longer you striving for your kids to be perfect, or you striving for your kids to love Jesus and you surrender them to the Lord, then it's no longer your failure. If they walk away, it's no longer your failure. If they haven't chosen to follow Jesus yet, because you're, you've always been open-handed. So that's really good advice. And let me just say one more thing that you said that I know you didn't necessarily mean to say, or maybe you did, but you said we've done it inconsistently. And I just want to correct as a friend, wanted to correct that because you've done it consistently for you. And I want every woman to hear that. Like one of the things Lauren has said is do what's right for your family. And I feel like I've had that same, like shame lie of, well, we've never, we've tried a few Bible studies. Try is a very loose word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to say inconsistent wouldn't even be a strong enough word for us because we've maybe done three days at max of anything we've ever tried. Um, And that doesn't make it inconsistent. It means we've realized, just like you were saying in the Chick-fil-A example of find what works for you. If, if your friends are memorizing a verse week with their kid, but you don't like that and your kids are rolling their eyes, in my opinion, it would be better for you to maybe stop that. (laughs) So you're annoyed with scripture. Yes. You can find a way to make it fun, make it fun. And if you can't move on to what's right for your family. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Anyway, but I love how the emphasis on this is natural conversations and then trusting the spirit within you because you've made your relationship with him a priority when you're with your kid, plugging it all all the time. And we would love as moms to have like a really easy formula, like pray this prayer with your kid and then read this book and then do this step and this step and your kid will love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, parenting never follows any sort of formula. Um, so I love those, um, those little tidbits you gave us. Yeah. Okay. Let's see which conversation shall we go with next? Let's do the comparison. Cause I think yeah. one of the things that get us in trouble with the discipling is because we've compared ourselves to what other people are doing. So I think right. it's a natural transition of, um, mommy guilt and mommy comparison is a really <laughs> big struggle for most every woman at certain points, if not at all points yeah. of, um, mommyhood. How have you fought comparison with other moms? And on the flip side of that too, how do you, have you made it a priority to um, be in a relationship and or learn from other moms? Yeah. Um, I acknowledge that I am not that mom and her kids are not my kids and they're not the same, you know, what, how God put them together, what, and I think too, um, 
I don't know. And I don't think this is true for every ministry couple, but a lot of people in ministry, you know, pastors and their wives, I've found that their kids are just kind of like, Hey, you know, because I think it's the air they breathe. And then I'll have other friends who are not in ministry at all, you know, but love Jesus and their kids are like doing their own Bible studies and everything. And I'm like, okay, what did we do wrong, hon? What did we do wrong? You know, um, but I, I realized those, those kids aren't my kids. Um, and those kids haven't had to be raised in a ministry home and a ministry home is sweet and good, but it's hard too. There's just no way that you can protect your kids from all the things that happen in ministry that aren't awesome. Um, and I think they don't realize, um, the sweetness of some of the things they have and the things they get to do, um, and until they experience maybe some other homes or, yeah. and I'm not saying homes with Jesus loving parents, right. maybe some yeah. homes where they're like, Jesus is like, what, who? Right. Um, and so, uh, I feel like I'm going on a rabbit trail a little bit, but, we're good. We're good. uh, so I, I think the best thing you can remember is that, that you are not that person, that yeah. mom yeah. and your kids are not their kids. Yeah. And um, I don't, I've heard this taught a lot and I, I'll just like, just a total disclaimer. Um, it makes sense to me. I've never studied this, but where it says, um, you know, raise a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I've heard it, you know, taught that in the way he should go, like not, Mm -hmm. um, you're not just telling him here's the way I go. It's okay. Show him the way, but in the way that like God made him to understand or her to understand it. And I think that is really, that's been my experience, um, where I have to, how I parent this kid and disciple this kid is different from how I am parent and disciple that kid. And, and, um, and like you said, there's no formula, there's no formula. And, um, the Lord gifted you with those kids you know, and I think some of the, what's hard about it, not being a formula is because it's an invitation to trust the Lord and to seek his voice and wisdom for your kids in particular. Um, and so I think when you try to look to the right or left, uh, you miss out on maybe an opportunity for you to, to, uh, just really press into the Lord and seek him in those things. Um, while at the same time, you know, finding what's helped me is I've found a woman who she's about seven years older than I am. Her, each of her kids are about four years older than each of my kids. So her oldest is four years older than my oldest. Okay. And the way that we parent, the way that we, um, you know, have discipled our kids, um, and even just kind of the personalities of our kids, um, are similar. And so I talk a lot with her and I ask her different things. Like, what do you do here? Um, and that, that helps me not feel guilty if I'm like, well, you know, after the sermon, you, you know, we tried to have the talk about, okay, what, what'd you, what dad say that you thought that was interesting, or let's talk about this theology. And while Reed, our son would probably have a great time with that. The girls are like, what? (laughs) (laughs) They're not interested. Um, they were more concerned about his illustration or maybe what he was wearing. I don't know. Um, And so just knowing, Hey, because there was another family in our church where after church, they'd all sit down at the table and they would talk about the sermon. I'm like, I would love that. That's just not where my kids are. Plus it's kind of weird when your dad's the one that just preached. Well, dad, I really love that you said this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. Or what was that dad? No. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's important to find some moms that, a little bit down the road yeah. who you're like, okay, I, I get how she parents and disciples her kids yeah. and her kids are a little bit more like my kids, as far as like their personalities, temperaments. Yeah. Um, I think that's helpful. You yeah. can still learn from others that are, are just different be like, oh, that's really interesting. You can try it. And then if it right. doesn't work, 
then you're like, okay, that didn't work. Doesn't mean I failed as a mom. That didn't work in the way my kids should go. You know, that's That's really good. Um, what was I going to say with all of that? The they compare. Oh, one of the things that I love that you said is like, when I think about comparison, I think for me, mm-hmm. like my biggest trip up is seeing something, maybe another mom did on Instagram and feeling like, well, why haven't I done that? Or hearing oh, a yeah. friend at the car ride, carpool line saying my kid's doing this and just being like, ah, oh, why haven't I done that yet? And so one, one thing I love that you, you have shared is you didn't even mention that necessarily use you instead aren't comparing yourself to people at the same space. You're comparing yourself in a loose way to a woman ahead and saying, okay, instead of comparing myself to peers, I'm going to find a woman who's at a comparable level or has been at a comparable space and learn from her instead. And so that's such great advice. And to have the perspective of, I want to learn from other women as opposed to see them not as a threat, but as a a measure of failure. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I have found that helps me is because I'll struggle with that comparison, especially on social media. Like you'll just see like people bragging about their kids online and they should oh, yeah. because their kids are awesome. It's and it's great. So fun. Yeah. But two things I've done that have been helpful for me is one, remember that for every amazing post about a kid bragging on it is a thousand stories. You just can't know because it's none of your business. That's right. You know? <laughs> and if they're smiling and matching the amount of M&Ms it took to get to that picture, <laughs> it's in the hundreds. And so like we can celebrate for that mom because we have been there of yeah. it being so hard to get to an awesome moment. Um, the other thing that has been really helpful for me with comparison is to just celebrate other women and their wins. Yeah. The perspective, like Lauren had said, of knowing that your life is not theirs and your their kids are not your kids. And Instead, just celebrating other women and what they're doing. So when you see them on social media, something I try really hard to do when I scroll, which I honestly don't let myself do too often, but when I am, try to once a week, once or a few times a week, get on there. And when I'm on, I like and comment whatever post I see. And I try to comment. And when I'm commenting on people, it becomes less centered on me and like scaling my life next to theirs, but instead I'll see your picture in the awesome nature. And instead of being like, Oh, Lauren gets to go out of town this weekend. I wish I could go out of town. How fun I can instead be like, Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm so happy. She gets to be in the wonderful nature right now. Even if my kids are screaming and having a chance (laughs) next in the room next to me. Um, so when we celebrate others, I think it frees us from the comparison mindset a little bit. Okay. You talked a little bit about failure and how we can, especially in the, the uh, mindset of comparison, we can label ourselves failures. So with, with failure, we hashtag mom fail and mom guilt and all those things, um, make me think a lot of uh, balance and the struggle we have for balance. And why I don't believe any of us can ever have perfect balance in our lives. I just don't think it's possible. How have you not lost yourself in parenting? I know we talked a little bit about that in terms of our relationship with the Lord, but how have you found balance in your personal life, your, your giftings as a teacher and a friend and a speaker and a singer? Um, have you balanced that with your role as a mom? Yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of it centers around Matt and me sitting down and understanding, okay, like kind of looking at our calendar. Honestly, that's where a lot of it, plays out is in the calendar and, um, sorry about that. I thought I'd turn those off. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> sorry. So a lot of that, uh, that's real life constant in real life. Yes. <laughs> so as far as, um, like how it plays out is a lot in our calendar. Well, let me back up to no, yes. Knowing my identity in Christ knowing I am called to be a mom, but knowing there are other gifts he's given me and talking with Matt, like, Hey, and him recognizing these are some things that I see God has gifted you in. He's given you opportunity. I want to make space for you to do that. So that's been really huge and helpful. And then practically looking at our calendar, seeing what our kids have on the calendar, what Matt has, and then what I have and doing what we can to help one another, um, you know, do the things God's called us to do outside of the home, but not at the expense of our home and with our kids. And so knowing sometimes it's, man, 
uh, October for Matt was crazy. He was like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to have to push through, but after this, we've got this time together. And so just kind of with the kids and, and, um, so I didn't have very many things in October going on for me personally, because I knew I needed to be home and our son plays varsity football now. And so I want to be home for Friday night games. And so, um, that's actually not a hard decision to make for me. Like I want to see him play. And so, uh, that meant that, uh, we have, and and Nora was doing cheerleading. And so she had Thursday night games where she would cheer and our worship team rehearses on Thursday nights. And so, um, I set out for all of fall, um, because I did not want to miss Nora's, you know, cheerleading or read had something. And so I knew for this season, I'm going to pull back. And instead I did this thing on Sunday nights that didn't really take me out of the equation with our, with the home as much. Um, and I was able to just kind of do that instead. And so, um, that's how I practically work through, um, the balance and, and really it's, knowing, okay, when can I pull back? When's a good time to pull back? When's a good time to kind of press in Mm -hmm. and do some things outside the home and, and just talking with Matt, considering the kids calendars. And then like, if we're just feeling like, um, so this week is an example, uh, Matt got home unexpectedly early from a trip uh, on Wednesday. And so Wednesday night, the kids normally would go to like youth group, but he was home for dinner. And that was going to be what we thought the only night we would all have together. And so we were like, okay, kids, you're not going to church youth group tonight. We're going to all have dinner together and watch a Christmas movie, you know? And so making, you know, being okay to saying no, being okay with saying no to other things uh, when we can feel like, okay, we need to bring it back in for a little bit. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like as moms, we struggle with any time. Like, I love that you were saying you're willing to sacrifice the things that are important to you because being there for our kids is so valuable. And it just like, you understand the older your kids get when they say the days are long, the years are short. Like I did it. I was so annoyed by that when all my kids were no, me too. I was like, but it feels so long. It feels so long. And now I'm like, my oldest is 11. I'm just like, it really just like flies by. Um, so realizing those times of where it's okay and good to sacrifice yeah. certain seasons of promotion and opportunities for your family. And at the same time, having a conversation with your husband of, of sharing, it's important. And thankfully you and my husband, Chris is the same way of, he's like, okay, but God's called and gifted you. We need to make sure there's space and time for you to use these gifts. Yeah. But also I know not every woman has that in their life. So if you're someone where you're like, I know I'm supposed to be doing others and my husband's not supportive. I would just go back to like what Lauren had shared, even about parenting before of, like take that before the Lord, yeah, um, right. get into biblical counseling. If you can find it, most churches, if you can't find it, most churches can give you resources for it, scholarship for it, or provide it for free, um, within your church. So, um, get into that so that you have a support system in a spouse, or if you're a single mom and um, find that's where local church is so important because they can help push you into your gifting too. Um, Okay. Let's see. What do we want to do next? Next question. Speaking of spouses, how do you and Matt handle it when you disagree with parenting? So maybe it's a discipline disagreeing, how you're responding to a certain situation. How do y'all handle it when you disagree on parenting? Well, we never disagree on parenting. So I'm just all going to be hypothetical. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Sarcasm. Um, uh, yeah, I think how it works out for us is usually Matt is pressing me to uh, uphold boundaries or like follow through on, you know, uh, consequences. That's yeah. where I've got to grow. Yeah. Um, and even just like, hey, you're a mom, you know, staying in that authority. Um, but then there have been times, even like with our son as he's gotten older, where Matt could have been like standing in his authority or whatever with him. But for me to do that and this sounds weird, but it felt disrespectful to read. Now, um, I think 
Matt can go to him and say, Hey, uh, you know, honor your mom in this blah, blah, blah. But for me, I just, I can feel this. He's trying to grow into being his own man. And so I, so this was a a point of disagreement where that Matt eventually was like, Oh, that makes sense. Um, where Matt thought I should have just said, well, I'm just doing this because I know it's good for you, you know? And instead I said, I'm sorry, Reed, that I did that. That was not my intention. I will step back from that, you know? And so, uh, I I needed to honor Reed and becoming Mm -hmm. his, his own man, you know? Um, but so for the most part, I, and so some of you listening, one of you might be the natural disciplinarian. The other one might be not be, uh, I think Matt's better at disciplining than I am as far as just follow through. Um, and so I need to grow in that. And so Matt will just say, Hey, I just want to remind you that you can, you can tell him what to do. And I want to remind you that you had had these consequences. You follow through, you know? Um, and then with Matt, you know, he's a little, if you've ever heard him preach, then you hear this. I mean, he's very passionate and so that passion can turn on. Imagine being preached to with that. passion. (laughs) And so he tries not, and sometimes he doesn't even realize, you know, he worked up and he never like, angrily yelling of course, but but he is a, a very vocal passionate person yes and I have to be like babe and honestly uh-huh. he's to the point where I don't even have to say babe that was yeah. a little strong he yeah. realizes it yeah. and he goes yeah. back and he apologizes he's like I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have you know you know, he, he apologizes. He's so good at that. Uh, And he's having, I will be behind each other in a fight, like behind the other kid. And we'll just both be like, yes, like bring it (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's so good when I I feel like, uh, when one of us is like super passionate, the other one's like, and the Lord tends to work that out. Most times there's only been a couple of times we were both like this. Like this isn't going to go good for anybody. We both apologize. A great opportunity in apology and forgiveness and teaching. Mommy and daddy make pretty big mistakes. That's exactly (laughs) right. But I'll say with Matt, he has had to apologize less because he, he is catching himself sooner, you know, in those moments. And and I'm finding myself standing my ground a little bit more and yeah. in, in following through. So um, that's kind of how, and um, we've never really come to an impasse on, on something, on how we would discipline one of our kids. Usually, even if we're coming at it differently, if we give ourselves time to really pray through it, yeah, we, we almost always end up on the same page. Yeah. Um, so, so that's just our personal experience. I don't know, you know, for those listening that they're like, oh, that's not, I mean, we always are at an impasse, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know how to encourage you except from personal experience, but except yeah. to just to pray and ask, seek wisdom from the Lord, seek wisdom from others, you know, yeah. that you trust that maybe an older couple that you both respect and trust that it yeah. wouldn't feel like a betrayal to ask them like, yeah. Hey, we're kind of an impasse here. What, yeah. what, what's your two cents? You know, how would you counsel us? Yeah. Um, that's what I would tell someone that maybe they're just at an impasse with a kid and how to handle him or her. Yeah. And oftentimes I found when we're at those impasses, it's because one of us is not at a, in a good spot. And sometimes oh, yeah. that's me and the Lord needs to do a work in my heart. And sometimes that's Chris and he's, God needs to do a work in his heart. Yeah. And so even in those situations, there'll be times where I'm like, you know, if he could just talk to one of his guy friends about this. And so yeah. there have definitely been times in our marriage where I've texted his best friends and been like, you should, y'all should have lunch. Like you just need to talk. <laughs> that's good. And that's really all that was needed was yeah. he just needed a guy to see him, ask some questions, call him. I wouldn't even share what was going on. Just y'all should have lunch. And um, another mentor before has told me if you're feeling at that impasse with your husband, um, because I think a lot of people are there. It's the reason why a lot of marriages break up uh, finances and parenting are like the two main reasons because you just can't see eye to eye. Yeah. Um, so two things. The first thing she said that was, has always been helpful is she said, if you're holding your husband's hand or if he's asleep at night, like 
praying over him. And maybe he's not at a place where he would want you to actually pray over him. So this is where you can kind of do it incognito. Of If you're holding his hand walking into um, the mall at Christmas shopping, or if you're holding his hand walking into church, or if you're laying in bed and he's already fallen asleep, put your hand on him and pray over him. Like pray. Mm. I feel like prayer is the theme for parenting. We keep going back to of that when we just allow God and trust God to do a work in our husband's heart, that's going to be enough. And in that process, as you are praying, because you're connecting with the father, he's also going to reveal the things in you that need to change. Um, And then again, I'm just going to go back as we're talking about impasses with marriage. Counseling is so good and so healthy. Um, Finding a good marriage counselor who loves Jesus and loves God's word is so vital and, and important. So finding someone that you can go to for those Oil changes that you just have a relationship with is so helpful to have. So that way, when you're in crisis mode, when your transmission is broken, you can go for a good repair. Um, Okay. We are close to running out of time, but I have a couple more questions for you. The last major question that we have a few like short questions is how have you protected your kids from the world without sheltering them? Yeah. Um, this is, this is hard. This is a hard question to answer because I feel like there's a huge continuum of what people think, you know, um, and there are things I'm like, I wish we'd protected them better than we have, but, um, you know, uh, I think making home a safe place, uh, where they want to come to and where they know they're loved and, um, and, talking deeply about things and not pretending that things don't exist, but saying, Hey, no matter what's going on, I want you to be able to come to me and talk to me about things without feeling like you're going to get in trouble. And you can say that till you're blue in the face and whether your kid takes you up on that or not, you know, time will tell, but trying to make home a place where you will be loved your yeah. questions are welcomed. Yeah. Um, your struggles are welcomed. Yeah. Um, I, I would just, we just want to know what's going on yeah. in you, what you're wondering, thinking about struggling. And this is a safe place. We would rather you come to us, um, and be honest than for you to hide, you know, and, yeah. and try to figure things out on your own, come yeah. to us. Yeah. And so, that's what we've tried to do. Um, and then as far as like, you know, practically putting covenant eyes on, um, our, most of the devices, um, I don't have it on mine, but I do just, I usually have my computer, um, putting limits on, um, the phone and the iPad and, you know, uh, some of, my kids have apps that I know some parents are like, never, we're never going to have that app. And I, I totally understand. I think what happened is we opened Pandora's box and yeah. I think with each as you know, we got, we were stricter with our first one yeah. and then not as strict with the second one. And then poor Nora is like, she's still protected. We still don't allow a lot of things. <laughs> She has to turn her screens in at night. Yeah. You know, we have these protections, yeah. but still, you know, she, she, encounters- like kid. Huh? yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you can try to protect them from all those things, but the thing is like, they are sinners. And so yeah. a lot of the, the trouble that they might find out in the world or is living in their hearts too. And so helping them navigate a world that is selling them a false gospel, you know, and also, uh, like communicating the actual gospel to them in the home and, um, and making confession, not a scary thing, Mm -hmm. um, but a welcome thing. Cause it's already scary, whether you feel welcomed or not. Um, and, uh, just being honest and having good conversations and asking good questions. Um, and no, trying to know their friends. I think that's really helpful. We, our kids were in public school, uh, for a bit and it was hard. I love public school. I was a public yeah. school kid, but I will yeah. say it was hard to know the kids and their parents. Yeah. And I think that that's just 
that comp that complicates things. And yeah. so I do what you can to know the other parents and to know mm-hmm. the kids, um, to encourage them to hang out at your house. But sometimes you can't pick that sometimes yeah. like yeah. they're like my oldest, she was like, I remember one time we had like this party, like around Christmas time in our backyard yeah. and all these kids were here and she and one friend were upstairs in her room, just the two of them, you know? And I was like, <laughs> we had all these people over and she just is like, eh, just, I don't know. It's kind of like home. I just wanted to be home. I don't want to share it with other people. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, I, I hope I've answered that question yeah. somewhat, uh, yeah. but that's what we've done. Um, but I know there are a lot more things that yeah. people can do that I, I, I just don't, I don't know about yet. <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of part of it is none of us really know how to do this and there's not a right way or a wrong way to shelter or not shelter. And we'd all would have different examples, you know, and, and even when it comes to schooling, it, depending where you live, it yeah. changes right. whether or not it's the right answer, depending on your kid and the year changes, whether it's the right answer for you. Yeah. And so and determining how much you want to shelter your kid or expose them. Like I have some friends that are very, very open about everything because they want their kids to be exposed to as much as humanly possible while they're still in the home and they can guide them through it. And other friends who don't want them ever finding anything out because they're wanting to protect that innocence for as long as possible. And we're all kind of doing social experiments where we're just open-handed, trusting God and knowing to... Um, something I tell friends and I remind myself of often, I was not raised in a home where I was sheltered. I was not raised in a Jesus loving or believing family Mm -hmm. and God still did a work in my life. And so if he can do that in my life with my upbringing, I have to believe that in a home that's well-intended where you're trying to raise your kids to love Jesus and show them the gospel of grace, that that's going to come across. So I think that good kind of goes back to, we have to give ourselves grace. We have to pray and trust experiment, just like with family discipleship experiment with what works for your family and what doesn't. Um, but not having like, for me, what I'm learning currently is my kids are now starting to get older. We're having real conversations about real things because you turn on the TV for two minutes and they are exposed to all kinds of things. Even family friendly shows, um, is, I got to be willing to have hard conversations with them that make me feel very, very uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it's the best thing to do as their mom. Mm -hmm. Okay. One more question before we ask a a final general question is any parenting resources you recommend or places to go to or people, um, specifically had people ask if there was any resources on sex and how to talk to kids about that or how you've done that. Um, yes. Any resources you recommend? Well, I, you know, I can't remember the resource, but you've got some that you're going to share, but we had, um, this thing called ID retreat for fifth graders at our church. And I think that material might be available at the villagechurch.net, um, to maybe even work through. Uh, but it was, it, I loved the idea. So I I went with my daughter, Nora fifth grade, it was like an overnight retreat and they just, they had everything that you needed to walk your kid through to having those conversations. Yeah. One about like their body changing. So kind right. of like puberty talk, but then yeah. also talking about sex and what it's yeah. meant. And it's all very age appropriate. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was so great. So helpful. And it was nice to have like dedicated time for that. Yeah. Um, good. and so that's great. That's a great resource. And I think we have it on our website somehow. Okay. Well, well, we'll but see if we can find it and we'll link it down below. Yeah. yeah a mutual friend of ours, Jamie Ivy recommended yeah. uh, a series, a book series. Um, I'll link it down below, but it's God's design for sex. And they have it like ages three to five. That's just Love very it. basic talking about the um, body. And then there's ages five to eight. And now, and then there's a like more chapter book for ages eight through 12. And right. what's been really helpful about those books, I typically pull them out once a year to just read through them with a the kid just so that there's a nice framework of conversation and reminder of words and things. And then during the year, when little things come up, I can say, remember from the book. And my yeah. oldest is like, oh, the book. <laughs> <laughs> and my little one is like, yeah, let's look at the pictures again. <laughs> yeah. that they, that they, each kid handles it so differently. Yeah. 
but these books are Christian based. So it's all about like God honoring and um, all the principles you would want to teach your kids, but in a very open way. Um, so I'll link the to those down below so you can find them if you're wanting to have that conversation. Um, so that's been really good. But parenting resources, I feel like the best ones have been asking my friends if they've read a book, reading the same book, but at the end of the day, it goes back to what Lauren has said a hundred times in this interview of praying, like talking to God, letting him lead you and trusting that he called and created you to be the mom to your kids. Yeah. You can do this. You can do hard conversations when life is hard trust him, ask him, trust your spouse, work together. And if, and when you need help, ask a counselor to help you do that. Good. Um, last but not least, is there anything else that you would like to say to moms watching today? Or is there any advice you're like, you know, this was really helpful for me to hear um, mm -hmm. any final words for ladies, yeah. any final words? I, I really believe uh, the best thing that you can do for your kid is pray. And, um, and that'll change. I think the, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of the tenor of your prayers will change in yeah. each season, you know, yeah. where there might be seasons where it's just like desperation yeah. um, and crying out to the Lord. Like, I don't know what to do. I need your help. Would you yeah. help him? Would you help her? Would you show me how to help him or her? Would you yeah. um, soften their heart? Would you wake them up to who you are? Um, I, I just firmly believe that that is the best um, thing we can do. Um, the greatest investment of our time. Yeah. Um, and it's not a church answer for me. Yeah. It is a I, I put God, I didn't put him to the test, but I put God for his word that if we, if we pray and we seek him, that yeah. he will act on our behalf and I've seen him do it. Now, was it on the timeline I wanted? No. Was it in the way I wanted? No. Or, I mean, but he did it in his right. way and he answered in the way um, that was best yeah. for my kid, for me. And so I just want to, if, if, you're just like, I've read the books, I've done all the things. Um, and I still, I didn't get the result I was promised. Yeah. And I would say pray and your, your, your child is not too far gone. Yeah. Um, you are, are capable to at least bring them before yeah. the father yeah. and lead for their hearts. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, that would be my advice in particular. I think to moms of kids, any age to start yeah. that habit now. Yeah. Um, and like I said, doesn't have to be fancy can just be you're driving and you're just under your breath. Like, Lord, help me understand, help me delight in them, help me to know wisdom and how to parent them in particular or whatever. Yeah. Um, to, but also to the mom that is got the stubborn teenager that, Mm -hmm. you know, despite your best efforts to love them, make your home a safe place to yeah. protect them, to, to not just give them like Sunday school answers, but to be yeah. real with them and ask yeah. them deep heart questions and attuning to them. You did all the things and still there's, there's just been no movement. Yeah. Keep praying and That's the good. Lord will honor that. He will honor your prayers. That's good. It, when you were saying that it made me think when I was pregnant with my girls, I had threat miscarriages with two of them. And there was the verse that's so popular from Psalm 139 of all my days have been written are all have been ordained, whatever is that verse, you know, what I'm talking about yeah. where it's like all of them are in a book, like, you know, every single one of them. And I remember when I was pregnant with them on bed rest of just God, you know, like, you know what you're going to do with this life and help me to trust that. And so as you were talking just then, it made me of just like praying and trusting. I feel like that's really what we have to do throughout all of parenting of just taking that them before the Lord. And we don't know, and it's not in our time, like you were saying that often in our ways that he works but trusting that God loves them more than we ever can and how you were talking about raising a child in the way they should go. He is forming and creating a path and a story for your child, just mm -hmm. like he is for you. And mm -hmm. our job as parents is 
to love and steer them down that path as best as possible. But the burden is not on you, mm-hmm. but the responsibility for sure is. So yeah. Lorian, I know you were like, I'm not sure about a parenting <laughs> one, but this conversation has been so helpful and so good. And I'm glad it was with a real everyday life mom, not a PhD in parenting. <laughs> That's really what we need. And I hope other women learn from this too. Find a mom who's a few years ahead of you in the journey or find a mom at the same place and talk about it. Share the things you're struggling with and an honoring to your kid and spouse way Um, and help each other, support each other, challenge each other. Find that group that Lauren talked about at the beginning um, and put your relationship with Jesus ahead of all of it. Like if you just as you step into this new year, if you make one goal for yourself, that goal should be that you follow Jesus. That's your highest calling. Motherhood is maybe one of the most important things you are called to do um, as a role, but your identity is in Jesus. And let's be more prayerful as we parent our kids. So Lauren, thank you so much for saying yes and for being here. Thanks for having me, Becky. Yes. James 1.22 in the ESV says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Or the message translation says it even more bluntly. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This podcast is called Hearers and Doers because that's the kind of people we are committing to becoming. Women are men who choose to not just hear what is true, but actually live it out in our day-to-day lives. I'd love to hear your big takeaways from today's episode. Would you share them? Post them on social media and be sure to tag me at Becky Kaiser. And if you love today's episode, don't forget to give it an awesome review because that helps others find the show too. And you can always text the link to friends so they don't miss it either. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Love you so.